you and praise the Lord. It's so good to be here uh, at camp, of, uh, of course. We love all of that. We might get you to talk with me, uh, turn with me if you would, uh, to First uh, Timothy, just in chapter 6 there. First Timothy chapter 6. And verse 17, it starts off and it says to us um, in verse 17, it says to charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, which gives us richly all things to enjoy. Now, we've heard in testimony from various people about some of the good things that the Lord has, uh, has given. But the emphasis here is don't trust in those things that are uncertain. And there are so many things in this life where people will just sort of gamble their way through life, as it were, and they just hope that things are going to work out for them. But the scriptures tell us about there's some things that are certain, there's some things that are sure, there's some things that are trustworthy, there's things that we're able to, uh, to rely upon. If we're going to talk about to the, the gambling and the, and the sorts of things that people do, um, the Encyclopedia Britannica defined gambling is about betting or staking of something of value with the consciousness of the risk uh, and hope of gain and the outcome of a game or a contest or some uncertain event, the result of which may be determined by chance or accident or have an unexpected result by reason of the better's miscalculation. Now, there's quite a lot of people have actually made a bit of a bet in their life on inheriting eternity. And they're just sort of, uh, every, every day, it's a little bit of a throw of the dice for them about the choices that they make and think, oh, well, I hope I'll still be all right. Oh, I hope this will turn out all right for me. But when you're gambling, if you're taking a chance on the outcome, and of course the scriptures say, don't take a chance on the outcome because there's a bad outcome if you go and you do that. The psychologists talk about it and, uh, and about uh, the, the attraction of gambling. And it says there's a thrill that goes along with it and a tension that goes along with it and it really gets people in. The uncertainty that goes along with all of those things and some daring in taking chances. And every now and again, people just sort of might get a little return on a chance that they took and thought, oh, that didn't hurt. Oh, that turned out all right for me. In the long run, it doesn't work. You don't take a chance, and in particular, if we're dealing with the Scriptures, we don't take a chance on our salvation. We don't just go along and we don't, we don't let some minister underwrite for us and say, oh, you'll be saved, you'll be all right. But what it does tell us in here is trust in the living God. Make sure that we trust in Him. The Bible tells us about a certain number of things that are sure things for us. And the Lord wants us to know those things that are sure, those things that are certain. No, you're not taking a gamble with this. This is not guesswork. This is knowledge that you're going to have. In 2 Peter chapter 1, we're not too far away from that, so we can turn to it. We just want to go through just, a, just several little things here that are, that are sure things. 
Actually, people have done all sorts of gambling at different times. There were actually a number of people in a hospital in Las Vegas, and they ended up suspended from their work. Uh, this is a number of years ago, because the administrators found that they were making bets on how long the patients were going to live. And you sort of think, what sort of people are these? The thing that I did learn from teaching a little bit of mathematics is that lotteries, they're just attacks on people who are bad at mathematics. Going to the, uh, the casino, that's a way you're going to lose. Uh, you, know, you, you can't long-term win. There's only some people win, and the only re- way for some people to win is for a lot of people to lose. Now, that's not the way it is with the gospel. So Second Peter chapter 1 just in verse 19, one thing that is sure, it says we also have a more sure word of prophecy. It's reliable, it's truthful, it's able to be verified. A more, a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shines in a dark place. It says, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. It's always been one of my favourite scriptures. There's a more sure word of prophecy. The Lord gives us knowledge of things. We don't actually sort of go along and we're not judged by our, by our feelings about things. Actually, the wonderful testimony that we heard this morning there uh, uh, from Laurie and Deb talking about the situation there, they were able to hold on to the promises of God. And in fact, at the most desperate times in our lives, that's all we've got to hold on to. But the Lord has convinced us, he's persuaded us that those things are sure, that those things are trustworthy. If we're back in 2 Timothy chapter uh, 2, I'll just finish off on him. It says, knowing first, it says uh, in verse 20, knowing this first that no prophecy of the scriptures is any private interpretation. This is not guesswork. This is not, oh, well, a number in a hat and see what comes out. It says, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. There was a deliberate message that was left for people to know. So we'll go back to that one now, Second Timothy chapter 2. Just whip through a couple of these things. The other, thing, other things that are sure. Second Timothy chapter 2, just in verse 19, it tells us, it says, nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure. There's a sure foundation. A sure foundation is something that you're able to stand upon. And when the whole world shakes around about, the things that are on that foundation, that they still stand. The scriptures tell us that in this world, there's going to be a whole lot of shaking going on. But it says there's some things that are going to stand sure. It says the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal, the Lord knows them that are his. We rely on that, that he knows us, that he does hear our prayers and says, and let everyone of the name of the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Let's go uh, over to uh, just Hebrews chapter 6. Again, a couple of things that are sure for us. In Hebrews chapter 6, and uh, we'll start from verse uh, 17. It says, Wherein God, 
willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. The immutability, how sure it was, how perfect, how preserved it would be. The immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. In the Amplified, it talks about his desire to show more convincingly and beyond doubt to those who would inherit the promises, the unchangeableness of his purpose and his plan. That's how sure it is. It's unchangeable. And he wanted to be convincing to us. And he has been. He says he confirmed it by an oath. It says, but by two immutable things. He's talking about his promise and his oath. It was impossible for God to lie that we might have a strong consolation who fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. It says, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. This is, a, this is a sure thing, and which entereth into the veil. Back in Proverbs chapter 11, we'll just quote this one, sorry, rather than turn to it here, it tells us there's a sure reward. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 18, it tells us that the wicked work a deceitful work, but to him that sows righteousness shall be a sure reward a permanent and a satisfying reward. Now, the Lord underlines these things again and again. He says, you're not going to be guessing your way through this. I'm going to give it as knowledge. I'm going to give you an experience whereby you might know the certainty of these things. Life in the Lord is not a gamble. There's a lot of people going to various churches and they've hoped that the priest is able to forgive their sins. They hope that, oh, if I live a little bit, you know, a reasonably good life, and I do more good than evil things, then I might be okay. And they're taking a chance on that, because they haven't taken on the things that the Lord has underlined, has said, you can be safe with this. And we have praised the Lord by his Spirit. So I said before, in gambling, a whole heap of people have to lose in order that one or two may win. How different is the Lord to that? In the Lord's plan meant that one had to lose so that many might win. It tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 there, <clears throat> it says, You know the grace of the Lord Jesus, that although he was rich... Yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. Now we talk about various things. We talk about people having sense and having common sense. We even talk about some people having, having horse sense. So a bit of a fundamental sort of understanding of things. And of course people have found out, as somebody said, that horse sense, that's the thing that a horse has, which keeps it from betting on people. We don't want to be doing that. We want to be sensible about things. You know, somebody else said that gambling, if you want to gamble with things, that's a sure way of getting nothing for something. A sure way of getting nothing for something. There are some things for us to be sure about. Let's go to Psalm uh, 19. Psalm 19. 
Actually, apparently, um, Emperor Nero, he uh, got himself caught up a fair bit, and he was, he was gambling on an early form of backgammon. Now, during this camp, my granddaughter Jenna has taken a chance on that herself, that she might gamble, that she might actually win a few games of backgammon against her pa. The chances of that, actually pretty good. <laughs> that, might, that might be the case. You know, there's some things to be sure about. Actually, back in Numbers, it says if you want to be sure of something, the whole world is told, be sure your sin will find you out. That when you go and you're going to indulge, you know, the, the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and all of those things, in the end, you're going to come a cropper. Things aren't going to work out very well for you at all. Now, there's so many things that the Lord wants to underline for us and say, you can be sure about these things. I've perfected some things. Let's just start here, and we know this, and uh, I'll do you a favour and won't sing it to you. In Psalm 19, verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect. His law is perfect. You can say, it's sure. It's steadfast. It's unchangeable. You don't have to guess about whether it will work or not. No, it's perfect. It says it converts the soul. It says, the testimony of the Lord is sure. And it makes wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right. And they rejoice the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. All of these things are telling us the same thing. He made it all perfect. It says enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean and endures forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and they're righteous altogether. It goes on to say, more to be desired are they than gold, yeah, much fine gold, and sweeter also than the honey in the honeycomb. And it says, moreover, by them is your servant warned. It says, and in keeping of them, there is great reward. The keeping of them, there is great reward. Just uh, Psalm 111, just whip over there quickly if you would. In Psalm 111 uh, and verse uh, 7, uh, for those people who like uh, unusual uh, words, there's one in here that we don't normally use in, our, in a sentence here. Just in verse 7, it says, The works of his hands are verity and judgment. Now, Brother Grant may use verity in a sentence daily. He may go and do those sorts of things. He's, he's a person who loves words. I can't remember the last time I used it in a sentence other than reading out of the scriptures. But it's a great word. It says that the works of his hands are verity. It means they, there is stability, that there is certainty, that there is truth, there is trustworthiness. It says the verity and judgment. And then it says all of his commandments are sure. So his works... They're firm, they're trustworthy. We don't have to be uh, too worried about any of those. 
they, they all work. Joe, you know, we're told in Second Peter chapter 1, it says, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Not a gamble, not a, I hope this will work out for me. We're able to make our calling and election sure. That's only actually true because of the Holy Spirit. It says that the Holy Spirit, that the love of God, if we're going to be more perfected, we need God's love, that level working in us. Because the Lord sees that and he has respect unto that because he sees the work of Jesus in a person. The love of God is shed abroad by the Holy Ghost. It says that the Holy Ghost is our teacher for the things that we haven't known, for the things that we might be unsure about. The Holy Ghost will bring things to us. He'll bring things that that Jesus talked about to our remembrance, to take away our uncertainty. And we might say, well, some things I don't know, but I know this is what Jesus said, and I'm going to trust in that. And God says, well, I've underlined the words my son gave. When Jesus came, he says, I've come to underline the words that my father gave. And those things have been thought through for all of eternity. Nobody has had a chance to be able to work that through, so there should be no error in it. And there is no error in any of those things. We're told to make our calling and election sure. No more, the throw of a dice is not that at all. Do you know the opposite to all of that? You're back, uh, actually, we're uh, fairly close. Deuteronomy 28. So if we think about the the, the chances of success, if we neglect God's word, you're not going to go well. It's not going to happen. Just in verse, uh, uh, we're we're only going to jump from the beginning and to the end, uh, near the end of this uh, 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 chapter, actually uh, in the middle here. Verse 15, chapter 28 and verse 15. It will come to pass... If you will not hearken under the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. If you don't want the sure promises of God, you'll surely get the curses. You'll surely not work well for you. It says about a whole heap of things where people are going to be astonished and their life, you know, in, in, in the balance continuously and uncertain. Actually, near the end there, in verse 66, there's a little bit of a summary of verse 66, and it says, And your life shall hang in doubt before thee. The thing you'll be certain of is you're not certain of your position with the Lord. And that's a terrible position to be in. Your life will hang in doubt before thee, and you will fear day and night, and shall have none assurance of thy life. 
none assurance. In the original, they would have written, no, no, none. None assurance of your life. No, no, none. That's what happens if people actually don't follow the Lord. As opposed to, let's just go into New Testament, Acts chapter 17. I'll finish in just a moment. In Acts chapter 17 and verse 31, we're told, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man who who he has ordained and whereof he has given assurance unto all men in that he has raised him from the dead. He's given assurance. He has convinced us because Jesus is risen from the dead. We know he's risen from the dead because he still answers prayers. He answered our prayers. There's so many people here and the great things that he's done for every single one of us. We're told in Hebrews chapter 6, that we did, and uh, the Apostle Paul was there writing, and we desire that every one of you to show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. There's so many things in the Scriptures that talk about this assurance. We'll finish in Isaiah 32. And of course, you know, any, any, you know, anything that's important at all, the Lord underlines it again and again and again. Full assurance of hope unto the end. We know what that assurance is. You know, when we look into, into Romans chapter 8, if the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by a spirit that dwells in you. If you have the Holy Spirit, he shall do that. That's an underline. The reverse of that, if anybody as yet doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, they're still in that position. You see the people who go into some of the casinos and so on, and they sit there all day long, maybe with all of their savings, and they put in token after token after token. Every now and again, they get a little bit of a thrill because they won $100. I won $100. They paid 1000 to get it. They get all excited about that, and they're thinking that one day I'm going to hit the jackpot. And they keep playing a game And the jackpot will never actually take care of their whole life. It will never do it. And they keep living that way. In Isaiah 32, it talks about the work of righteousness. You know, we're told in in Matthew chapter 6 there, to seek the Lord 
and his righteousness. It says if we do that, we get everything. And it tells us here, just in verse 17, and it says, and the work of righteousness shall be peace. It shall be peace. Not, oh, you've got a bit better chance at it. The work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. That assurance, it means you've got a place of refuge, you've got a place of safety and security and a feeling of trust without care. That's the assurance that he promises. The Bible tells us we're on a sure thing and encourages us again and again and again. When you're on a sure thing, stick to it. Actually, there's one little quote I'll finish off. There's a lot of people here, of course, they're able to tell people with a big smile on their face about the goodness of God. Mark Twain, who had all sorts of quotes, he said, I admire the serene assurance of those who have true faith. It's wonderful to observe the calm confidence of a Christian with four aces. And that's the position that we're in. He's dealt us a hand and we're just waiting. People can sort of present all sorts of things and they say, oh, look what I've got. <laughs> Bad luck. I got four aces. Amen? Amen. That's what we got. We're going to have a time of prayer, folks. So praise the Lord.